Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Lady So cossum, Raven. I am cossum. Thank you. Yay, buddy, lady mouth with Mixie Raven. What's up? What's up? Doc Raven here. Yay. Uh, we, all right. So you guys just heard my episode, my interview with Jasmine, who was a very positive sex worker. And Raven and I wanted to expand on that a bit. And talk about why sex is so taboo and other things. Uh, Raven, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, it's just so weird to me. Like, I've never understood this idea that you have to be one way in order to experience sex one way. Like, you can't you can't be a Christian and enjoy having sex, you know, with multiple partners. Or you can't enjoy, you know... You just can't even enjoy sex at all. It's almost like sex is just procreation in some faiths and things. And I've never understood that. And then on on top of that, it's also the idea of just like, you know, I've never understood why sex has always been so taboo to talk about. Why is it such a bad thing? Oh, my God, exactly. (laughs) Like, I've always been free and open. And, you know, I mean, I I guess my parents took the 60s, you know, heavy. Oh, yeah. With the liberal and the openness and the free love. Like, who cares who you love? Boom, you yeah, that was bad. But even as a kid, like my parents didn't have any problems talking to us about sex. You know, there may be some other subjects that we couldn't talk about, but sex was never off the table. Like if we had questions or whatever, we could always just be like, what's up with this? And they'd tell us, you know, because they didn't want us to hear about it from some kid who told us something wrong. And then we ended up doing something, you know, that we didn't know what we were doing. So <laughs> totally. it, was always, it was always really open. But I found that like my friends and other people that I knew would be like, oh my God, you... What do you what do you mean you're talking about sex oh no no don't say the word sex that's bad you know and i'm like why is sex bad that's how you got here that's yeah. you know like that means you're are you trying to do, do your parents make you think you're a bad person you know or you're bad for existing because how oh else did you get God. here yeah I great. and i i mean i guess like you i grew up watching lots of sex and movies again i never got censored from any of that 
No, no, me neither. I mean, but to that point, I didn't really know what the functions of sex until I actually had it, you know? Well, sure. Yeah, you don't really know anything about it. And you know what's funny, though, is that honestly, there's there's this idea that if you know more about sex, you're going to want to have more sex. And honestly, like, you know, I didn't start doing that until I was in my 20s. And so to me, it's it's funny that people think that because I'm always thinking to myself, I don't think that's true because one thing that used to make me very uncomfortable with the idea of being sexually active at a young age was having a baby. Exactly. <laughs> and I did I not see- want one of those. <laughs> oh my God. No. And you know, it's so funny. You are taught at a young age that pregnancy is the worst possible thing that can happen from sex. Yes. And like I didn't want to get pregnant either. I didn't have sex till I was 18 because I thought I'm not doing this because I won't be able to control anything if anything happens. Exactly. You feel like it's so out of your control, you know? Yeah, I'm not telling my parents. Well, and then I also get pissed off at the fact that everything about sex, the onus seems to be on the girl. Like, if a guy goes out and has sex with an entire cheerleading squad, he's like, uh, you know, he's he's knighted. He's practically knighted, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, Sir Jonathan, we we bow to you. You know, but if a girl does that, you know, she's she's just, you know, she's a A slut. She's a whore. She's slut shaming. And, you know, I, I'm just like, it's so weird to me why that is, you know, because I think there's sexual, women have just as much sexual desire, power, you know, um, they have that, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with a horny woman. Why is Hell it, no. you know, what's wrong with, you know, what's wrong with that? I don't get I it. I fucking love sex. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if it's good sex, I love good sex. Excuse me. Let, well, me, let me make sure. Let me make sure I caveat that. I like good sex. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I never I understood why women get shamed for wanting to do it and to do it. I'm such a kid. I'm like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Do you want to make out? Yeah. Do you want to hold hands? Like I yeah. never, I, I never really felt guilty when I started having it. You know. I never like thought this is corrupting no, and not. Yeah. And like I said, I was, I was in my twenties and I didn't feel guilty. I just felt like the only thing I remember thinking about was that uh, the idea of like, does this mean that I have to always say yes? Because now I'm not a virgin. I can't oh. use that virgin thing anymore. I can't say that. <laughs> I, I was so much happier when I, I see, you know, what? I was 18 and then I ran off to college and I'm like, all right, I'm 18. I could just fucking lose it now and not care. So <laughs> I had the classic college. We were drunk and yeah. <laughs> it lasted like two minutes. I was like, get off of me. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, college is the best time to have that, I would think. You know, yeah. Just, you know. But to really learn about like having a sexual relationship didn't happen for me till like a year later when I had my first boyfriend with sex. You know? Yes, absolutely. And then you, that's when you, I think when you first have your first sexual relationship is when you start to become more, you know, aware of what that really means mm-hmm. and what that, what that's like. Yeah. And I was really lucky because he was really into open communication and exploring all your fantasies and telling him what I liked and how I was comfortable and trying different things. And even though not everything 
I did with that person stayed with me in my sexual, I will use the word again, wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Like it really opened my mind to the stuff that I'm into and the stuff I'm not into. Which is the most important thing I think about anyone's sexuality and, and sexual, mm-hmm. you know, needs and desires is knowing what you are into and what you're not into and being okay with that and being comfortable enough to exactly. say, I like that. I don't like that, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so uh-huh. I think that's a, that's an important conversation for most people and couples to have. But I just think that it's, it's the, the lack of communication around sex in our country is so weird to me and very, and to me, it's, 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 it's almost like it makes people feel a little bit having a little bit more of that self-deprecating, you know, attitudes about it, you know, about themselves, like you were saying, feeling guilty, you know, for having sex or for having sexual desires. Yeah, or having to hide it and who you are. Or having to hide who you are, especially if your sexual desires lean towards something that would be considered, you know, atypical from, you know, heterosexual, you know, things. But even in that domain, you know, it's like if people want to have multiple partners or swingers. Oh, yeah, suddenly, polyamorous. Yeah. And swinging and cuckolding. Polyamory, exactly. That's all shame. You know? Why? That's Why all can't shame. people just have fun with sex how they want? Like, right. Exactly. Why can't I mean, people just explore whatever they want to explore and not worry about being labeled or being judged? Exactly. But again, like, uh, you know, we both agree don't be a fucking hypocrite. Don't say you could do this. You can't do this, but I'm going to go do it in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> definitely, definitely no hypocrites allowed over here. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, God. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I do not play that. I think you should be who you are. That's my motto. Be who you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and let everybody know that it's, you know, who you are up front. Exactly. No secrets. I, uh, I know. It's so sad. Like, I mean, growing up with a lot of friends who were coming out of the closet and still had to hide even in the 90s you know and I had a few trans friends that didn't come out till their 20s you know and that shit's sad that I mean I guess this country was based on like Puritan values quote unquote oh yeah you know, Those sons of bitches. Yeah, I know, right? They <laughs> for being witches. Yeah, no, they were serious. I, I can't even like, I can't even get into the Puritan, uh, you know, idealism because it's just, I mean, talk Why about zealots. Sex, like even people who claim that that you know, sex is the devil. Get the fuck out. You're yeah, it's just the barn, dude. Give me a break right now. Like I can't even understand that. You know, and I, I, I feel, I feel like again, they have some kind of internal conflict individuals who do that they have some kind of internal conflict that they're trying to hide and and so they they feel like they have to have this external presence but inside you know because they're hiding who they really are exactly Um, like with jasmine um she was you know one of her clients was a guy who was not happy with his son having a black grandbaby Uh, i mean his son having a a marrying a black woman and having kids and he was totally against it, but it, but he loves his grandbaby. So right. yeah, but like what? And, and he's having, having sex, sex with, a... with a black trans. Woman. <laughs> exactly with a black trans. Like, yeah. dude, really? Like yeah. that is so closeted and so closed off. I don't yes. know how people can live with that weight on them. You know, 
Well, it's safety. It's like I they don't How feel safe is it? they don't feel well, they don't feel like they're sa- that they have the security and the safety enough to come out of that shell because they're gonna lose all of this imaginary stuff around them if they do. Um, you know, and oh it's like God. they're not gonna be accepted by whomever, you know. And some of it is generational, you know, you grew up in that and so that's what you yeah. know and that's what you believe. And so, you know, if this is this internal person lives inside you, you can never let anybody see that shit or you know you're going to be shunned from your family like we talked about in the uh in my tribe you know it's like no no one wants to feel shunned from their inner circle yeah you know and from their group exactly and so it's like you do anything at all costs not to do that you know that's why a lot of you know you know homosexual individuals men and women will marry heteros you know marry and do that yeah because they because they don't want to disappoint their families and you know trans individuals never come out about who they are until they're later in life when they feel oh, yeah. safe enough to say, hey, I can do this now. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain not caring that comes with age. Like, Oh, for sure. I love it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what people think. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, I could care less. I could care less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And it just reminds me, though, of this of this movie. You know, of course, we're going to talk about movies because we talk about movies. Yay! But, um, it reminds me of this movie I watched recently. Um, I'm probably late to the show because this movie's been out for a while, but it's called Rocket Man, and it was about the... Um, oh, I still haven't seen it. Oh, well, okay, cool. Then I don't feel too bad then. No, no. I love Elton John, but... Yeah, it's his whole, um, you know, biography and his whole story. And I had no idea that he went through all the shit he went through. I did not know about his life. I mean, I knew that Elton John... I'm sorry, I know that Elton John is gay, but I didn't know how that came about and how much that affected him. But uh, clearly, um, his family, mother and father were were not um okay with that and um you know one was pretty outwardly not okay with it and the other one was was more of a kind of like dismissive just just don't I don't want to hear about it get out of my face kind of thing and um and then once he became famous you know I think he thought his 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 dad who was the one who just didn't want to have anything to do with him at all would come around and he didn't he just was like I still don't want to have anything to do with you despite the fact that you're now Elton John yeah. and then his mom was like hey buy me that condo over there you know <laughs> <laughs> you know and and that was it's yeah. you know no relationships just you know so he was looking for love everywhere and ended up finding it with this horrible person and who used it him and abused him and you know he found the only solace he could find was in drugs and alcohol and uh, and that's yeah. awful to feel that you have to do that to forget who you are and exactly. forget your situation and, and I, to numb your pain and to numb your pain exactly and I've known people like their parents haven't you know accepted them and that fucking sucks oh yeah oh yeah for sure. Yeah. But in the, in the movie, I definitely would say I saw a lot of destroyer archetypes in there. Definitely his partner who used and abused him, his dad, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just individuals who just are out to just, they just don't care. Just do not care. Yeah, they're just users. Yeah, and I I believe I assigned the destroyer to Leatherface. So. <laughs> So many leather faces. Lots of leather faces in that show. <laughs> um, you know, wow. but it but it had a lot of good, interesting. Uh, you know, just just 
a lot of really good uses of, you know, like the past and the future, you know, just like him having to confront his inner child and, you know, kind of this idea of like, you know, cause one of the things he would ask his dad is when are you going to hug me? He would ask him that when he was a kid Oh, and wow. his dad would be like, stop being a, you know, a punk, get out of my face, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And what's, what's with the manly man? I'm not going to drop my pride and I'm going to hate exactly you know or you your son is your son likes to you know flail about a little bit and you're like oh i'm not gonna raise no no pansy or something you know and this idea that that being a man looks a certain way yeah meanwhile men are can be feminine and sensitive absolutely yeah Yeah. i mean dave my buddy who does the artwork he has a soft-spoken voice and he has some feminine features you know but he's a heterosexual dude but Absolutely. That didn't stop people in the 70s from telling him he was a girl growing up, like, because he had long hair, you know, and right. talked softly. And I was a tomboy. I liked to climb trees, play football, read comic books. Yeah. I, I like to do a lot of the things that are not girly. I'm even in horror movies, which is now becoming more, you know, f- females are oh, becoming girls more rule horror movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But when I was growing up, that was not the case. People, girls, the girls would be like, you don't want to watch this romantic comedy with me? Like, <laughs> I would rather just go dip my body in honey and go on a bear watch. I just, <laughs> I just can't stand romantic comedies, like, at all. They're all the same. I hate them with a passion. <laughs> well, well, when Harry Met Sally actually explores good themes of men and women being friends, that's my favorite chick flick. But I feel that that has a good tight story, and that was well-written. But So, I have a confession. Okay. I have never seen... Oh. When Harry met Sally. That's okay. You don't like girly movies. And it's because I don't like girly movies. But I love <laughs> Billy Crystal. I love Billy Crystal. And I, I actually do like Meg Ryan. I've seen Sleepless in Seattle. I've seen You've Got Mail. Mainly because those are my mother's two favorite movies. Um, so I've watched those, you know, a million times. My sister loves You've Got Mail, too. She's one of, she loves romantic comedies as well. And I just, you know, I don't have a... They're, they're cute movies, sure, you know. Um, you know, The Notebook, I've seen that. That was cute. It was Ew, sad, I but hated cute. That. It was sad, but it was. Cute. I I don't like cheesy girl shit. Oh my god, that 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 bleh. that was like so <laughs> overdramatic and like oh god, I just don't care about these two people at all. You it's know, like a- I, I I think I like the fact that there wasn't like a happy ending, and I think that's what I really. Yeah, and I know that sounds horrible, but that's really the truth. Because it was like, because the truth is, is that well, doesn't most- it come back and then it's Gina Rollins and James Garner. And they're yeah, but you still know married how, 50 years later and in love. Yeah, but she's got Alzheimer's and then, you know, they they end up, you know, oh. you know how it ends. Well, yeah, yeah, we all get all. Well, I mean, lots of people that get degenerative brain diseases as they get older, but he was with her at the end. I thought that was kind of happy at the end. That was the only well, they part died. They died. Though. Oh, oh, I don't the remember. The end together. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, that's, that's why I was thinking, I'm like, like, you must not remember the ending because they no, died at the no, end together. Just, oh. Yes. All right, they're in bed yes. in the hospital. Yes, yes. and they died. They died. No. If one of them died, the other would have died of a broken heart. Anyway, I love shit like that. But it but wasn't. The- but it wasn't like your traditionally, you yeah. know, 
we all lived happily ever after bullshit. And that's yeah. what I thought was, that's what I thought at least made it more real. I mean, she was, she's sick. So he's sticking by her side, which is also quite sad. You don't, you know, you know, that's, that's but not something so you wish on anybody. Too. Like I said, like I didn't care about Ryan and Rachel and that. I, I even heard they were dating when they were filming that movie. I just didn't see any chemistry and their story was sappy and annoying. But then at the end, when you see their last scene, when she comes back, I thought that was cute. And then you see Gina Rollins, who was yeah. amazing. And that I love, that whole end with them. And they had a life together for 50 years and then they die together. I thought that was incredibly sweet and romantic and not- I mean, it was, it was, it was. <laughs> I'm just different and weird. <laughs> but that's what I, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I liked about it is that yeah. there was, they had this, because their relationship wasn't perfect. Yeah. You know, they were like fighting and she's slapping him all the time. I mean, I mean, they would have like real problems it wasn't yeah. like this you know because in most romantic comedy movies or romantic movies you have like the two couples they meet they fall in love in like two seconds I then they the have some kind shit. of yeah. yeah then they have some kind of issue and then they break up for two seconds then they get back together and they live happily ever after grand gesture. <laughs> you know that's it and so it's like that's the only thing and like with this movie there was a different format and i thought that made that made it a little bit more easier for me to swallow than it would be just yeah of course well Harry Met Sally was 89 and it really explores men and women being friends the question was can men and women be friends and I really liked how I mean I was 11 when I first saw that so it definitely shaped my you know yeah you could be friends with men I'm gonna be friends with tons of dudes you know yeah but there's a, there is a theory that men can are only friends with women they haven't been able to have sex with. Well, that came from when Harry met Sally, because Bruno Kirby would ask Billy Crystal, wait, you guys never did it? No. We talk about doing it with other people to each other. It's like, yeah. what? You know, and that was just the beginning of that, you know, when we were talking about it more. The 90s was all about sexual openness. Yet, well, let um, me... But let me ask you this though: Does does Harry and Sally get together? Oh yeah, the they're end? married at the well, end. What? <laughs> <laughs> that just blows the whole formula. I well, no, it was cool because like they were friends, and then they weren't friends because they had a big fight. But it turns out, you know, their growing friendship gave them an attraction to each other over time, even though they weren't like. I mean, Billy Crystal tried to fuck her in the beginning and she was like, get the fuck away. But the more they were friends, the more they loved each other. And then it came to the point where they finally slept together and Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby, who play the best friends, ripped both of them. They were like, we've been waiting for you guys to do it forever. So they got that pressure from their yeah. inner circle too. Yeah, to do it, you that's know? true. Yeah, I can see that. But they decided to stay natural in the course of their friendship until they fell in love. Like, I, I'm not saying, like, it's totally a realistic story, but the way they both deliver it, you know, I love Billy Crystal, like you said. like He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. And he, but, was, he was such a cutie back in the day. Oh, my God, yeah. And, yeah. like, I, yeah, it is kind of cheese. It, I guess it's kind of cheesy for some people. I still love it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a fan favorite, so I'm sure it's great. I actually, now that you say that, I, it makes me want to watch it. It's but really just, funny. Like, I'll have to watch it. Well, I mean, I know it's funny because Billy Crystal's hilarious. Yeah. So, so and then Ryan, so. I know, you know, the famous orgasm. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's like the only scene I think I've ever seen in that movie is that. And scene. what's cool about that is like a woman being sexual in public, you know? Oh yeah. Cause yeah. you know, the 80s was all about censoring 
You know? Yeah. Well, but you know what I'm liking now more in movies, though, is seeing hmm. male parts. Because I oh, get, yeah. don't get me wrong, like the female body is beautiful and I love looking at, at women, yeah, I love you know, looking nude at and all that kind people. of stuff. It's yeah. awesome. But I also want to see some men and their parts. I know. And I get pissed off when every time I, I want to, you know, there's a shot of a male and female and they're naked or they're doing something. I only see the chick. I'm like, what up with him? He's got yeah. stuff. I, I, what, what's going on? He gets he gets to go discreetly to the bathroom and you get that maybe gracious butt shot. Yeah, And that's yeah. it. And that's it. I'm like, no, no. Like, yeah, no. meanwhile, women have like, you know, all these contracts about being nude and women in the beginning of the careers tend to be nude more. Like, for instance, in Mallrats, you see Joey Lauren Adam's boobs when she's in the changing room and Kevin Smith uh, bursts in on her. But in Chasing Amy, when they're dating, you just see her back. You don't even see her boobs. Yeah, but I, and I have no problem if you because don't want to be naked. she was dating the director or? Yeah, I mean, if you, I don't mean? Be, if you don't want to be nude, I have no issue with that. But I'm saying to, what I get upset about is the fact that there are women, we're, we're it's like, it seems we're like the directors are expecting yeah. the women to show all their shit, but then they, they mm-hmm. discreetly show male parts, they're very discreet about it. But with women, it's like, oh, I want to see everything. I want to show me the, yeah. show me the chest, show me the, show me the vagina, show me the butt, show me everything. And I'm like, yeah, with a exactly. guy, you only get so much. And I just think that's not cool. Cause I'm like, first of all, we all know he's getting paid more so he can show his fucking penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we see Bruce Willis's junk in um, Pulp Fiction oh, when he's in the shower. Well, no, if you've ever or seen Ryan Color of Night, if you've seen Color no. of Night, you see Bruce Willis's everything. Ooh. That was nice. Oh, that's nice. I love him. Yeah, I, lo- I love him. I, lo- I love, love him. And then I specifically, when Brian, my co-parent, and I went to go see Deadpool, I'm like, we got to look for Ryan Reynolds' dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently when he, he burns the thing on fire, he's all naked. And Yeah, 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 he is. But he you is. don't really see, see it. Yeah. No, you don't. But it's, it's, still, it's still nice to think about it being there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But is it a thing too, like, do women get jealous when you see their, because a lot of women get catty, like, don't like my man, I'll kill you, you know? I remember facing that shit. I don't know, like, oh, you mean like your own personal man or like you're like a movie star man? That's another thing in general. If you're a sexual open woman, other women are like, get the fuck away from my man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want your man, bitch. Yeah, I think I think it's a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of your own security or not. You know, like my husband's hot. I have I have no problem if someone else sees him and says (laughs) he's hot. I'm like, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hot. You know, I'm like, I have a problem with that. Oh, you yeah, know, a hot military guy? Give me. I mean, get yeah. out of here. Seriously, the <laughs> uniform alone is, I mean, give me a break. But it's like, it's, I have no problem someone else sees him and thinks he's hot. I mean, he's had girls, you know, look at him and say things to him or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, ooh, okay, you know? But it doesn't make me upset because I, no. don't, I don't have any reason to feel insecure with exactly. him. Exactly, you know? and you're right, it, it stems from insecurity. Yeah, On, on yeah. both genders, though. You know? oh, totally on both sides. Totally on both sides. You know, I mean, guys, you know, say something to me, you know, and, and it's like, you know, now my husband is like, oh, if that guy doesn't stop looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, kind of thing. Well, but, you're you know. drop dead gorgeous. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. 
he seems think? to think so. That's yeah. all. That, that's that's nice. Well, as long as you think so, damn. Him and my mom think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it takes a bit for women to get really. You know, it took me. I mean, not that I think I'm totally like I'm not. Blah blah blah. I think. Oh I'm please, cute is as far. No, no, cute is as far as I'll go. I'm super cute. Yay. You are super cute. Yay. I go for cute. Cute is my thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're like gorgeous. You're like no. Angela Bassett gorgeous. No. Ooh, ooh, thank you. But no, I'm Angela Bassett is a whole nother level. She certainly doesn't have, I'm, I, I certainly don't have Angela Bassett's body because I get you out of here. <laughs> okay. I need a you personal trainer 24 seven. <laughs> oh my God, though. You have a cheekbone. Oh, you have that, that nice face. I don't know. I always say I have apple cheeks because that's what I look like. I've got two apples. Yeah, I love them. That's good. That's good. Cheekbones are good. Mm. But yeah, let's go back to, because I, I know we both wanted to bring Birdcage up when uh, people hiding their sexuality, especially politicians. I love when politicians get busted for like- Oh my uh, gosh, right? Oh my God. So the Birdcage is a classic example of that. And of course I'm bringing it up because it's Robin. Yes, uh, Robin Williams. Yay! Love you. Miss hey, you. Oh my God, yeah. Guys, if you didn't know, Robin is my hero next to my dad and my- yeah. Oh, Robin, Robin. Absolutely. Uh, just a phenomenal person. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I want to talk about Gene Hackman's part because <laughs> dead, black, underage. <laughs> underage. <laughs> I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Yeah, yeah. And you hear about politicians like they get caught doing what they want to do with sex. But why can't they do it if they're established? I, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, there's a, there's a, there's something called conservatism in our country that makes it to where all those things are taboo. So it's like, now don't get me wrong. And in, in Birdcage, he's with an underage black girl, which is, yeah, never yeah, okay, that's, no, you know, that's okay. but it's like, but if he was with a, a, a black girl who was of age and, and they were, you know, was willing, you know, and just a mistress or whatever, I mean, while that would be morally wrong if he was married, it certainly isn't something that well, should make it where, it's like, oh gosh, you know, you're just, you know, the most horrible person on the planet. Well, yeah. Well, no, I also think that every couple should have their own parameters of their relationships. Not every relationship is black and white or some people have relationships and I don't mean just beard marriages or anything. I mean, some people have polyamorous relationships. Some people like cuckolds. It's all about exploring your fantasies with your partner. And if you're not GGG, good giving and game with your partner, how do you expect to have a full relationship with someone if you can't have a sexual relationship with them? Which is why it's super important to be who you are. Fuck yes. And be upfront and be honest and let everybody know from the beginning, this is what I want in the relationship. Yeah, I think one of the most annoying things when I, I've been trying to date since Brian and I got divorced are people like, you live with your ex? Do you guys fuck? I'm like, no, we raise <laughs> kids together. Why do you think I'm out dating, you know? And, and if any guy asks me shit like that or they can't handle it, I'm like, no. Yeah. 
Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, I mean, I had a, a, you know, a best friend who was male. And so there, there was always conversations when I would date about whether, what our relationship was, was like, and you know, what it was like in the past and what it was like now. And you what know, the fuck is that any business of a new lovers? It, it just, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I get there, there being a little bit of insecurities with it, especially he used to have the same problem when he would date, uh, you know, girls would be like, what do you mean your best friend's a girl? and what and what's that about you know and there was there was things but I mean it's, it's one of those things where it's like I think when people saw us hang out and they would be like oh there's nothing there <laughs> you know because it was clear you know that we were just friends and I think that's sometimes people need that a little bit to get out of their own heads and and you know that's that's true but if people trust you they trust you like but there some people aren't going to trust you right away yeah they're going to hear that info and think oh this is some bullshit yeah like i i mean people don't accuse me of fucking my ex anymore but like it's like yeah we but divorced I, I think, for a reason but know? i think there's just that conversation like we were saying before about the idea of can a man and a woman who once were in a relationship be just friends yeah, exactly. I mean, I tend to, well, not the crazy ex-boyfriends, but I have quite a few ex-boyfriends on my Facebook that I'm friends with and talk to, like, you know, 20, 10 years ago. Absolutely. And that was, and that was the situation with my best friend. We, we dated for about a year and a half, almost two years, and then we broke up. And it was like back in Middle Earth time when we dated. I mean, it was so long ago. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you. And yeah. now, you know, and we've been friends for like, you know, 20 something years. And then it was like, you know, so for people that even like, even like the conversation, I never even would say he's my ex-boyfriend or whatever. It was always, he's my no. best friend. It never even came into my mind and that he was my I, ex. Yeah. And that's what I say about Brian. I'm like, he's my best friend. We, He's my co-parent. We raise kids together. Or like, I always say if an ex is more than, is less time as an ex than you're friends with them, then they're just friends, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing, you know, it's like, but I, I do think that when there's been a history, I can see people being a bit insecure. Now, when there's never been a history, eh, you know, what's the problem, like, you know, why, be, but insecure about why be insecure about it, you know, cause obviously I'm sitting here talking to you with you for a reason. Otherwise I'd be over there, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, nah, my boyfriend has introduced me to all uh, his friends and he has like an equal number of female friends, male friends, and I don't see them as male and female, you know, I think that's a thing too. I'm not trying to say don't see gender because that's ridiculous. But like, if you just treat people like fucking people that you don't have to be like wary of because they're a specific gender and they're a threat to you, like... That's a lot of your own issues I think you have to address. Absolutely. Absolutely. Insecurity rules a lot of the fucked up things people do and say in their yeah, lives. Yeah, and it's sad when you can't be open with your trusted partner about what fulfills you sexually. I don't Absolutely. get that. Absolutely. Like, why would you be afraid to express your fantasies? If you're afraid, then go find another partner. 
Well, and if you're afraid, there may be something you're scared of that's more, that's, that's because of something internal. It's like, maybe you're yeah. not saying, you know, who you really are. You're not really exploring with who you need to be exploring with, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, are you with the right partner? Are you doing what you're supposed to be? You know, is this really where you're supposed to be kind uh-huh. of thing? Um, yeah. You know, and there's got to be a lot of trust and stuff like that, because I definitely, you know, while I am someone who is all about sexual empowerment and all of that, you know, for me, you know, this is just me personally, I'm never able to really do that with anyone that I don't trust or that I don't have some form of emotional connection or trust with. And with that, you know, there should be some some honest discussion. Yeah, totally. I have to say, uh, you know, when I started dating, a healthy amount of time after the divorce, you know, we had to calm all our family down. Well, his family. <laughs> they didn't understand that we were still living together. And yeah. dating. And then when I started dating, they had a fresh wave of mad at me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I did get ready, you know, when I was back out in that scene, I I thought, hey, I'm so you know I lost a large amount of weight and then I had a whole new body to play with like I was like will this make dating different and I thought maybe I could do something like try casual sex and you know what it kind of sucks <laughs> so empty I'm like where was the satisfaction in all of that Yes, yes. And I, and I mean, and again, I, I'm a Libra. So my my whole idea of casual sex is like, you know, oh, that means that we had sex this weekend, and we're going to see each other next weekend kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I mean, it, it, I, I've never, you know, been able to do that, you know, and that's just me. It's just because I that's just not comfortable for me. Um, but yeah. it, it, and it, and, and it is because of the idea of being with someone in that way and not being able to or not feeling a connection just never has resonated with me in that way and it's just never even really ever happened for me before which you know is probably because I'm just not that way Um, I'm not wired where I can do that you know and sometimes I used to be jealous of people who could do that because I'm like I wish I could just be that liberal about it and be like yeah then then goodbye get out of here because some of the losers I was with back in the day you know weren't worth my time you know but you know, it really you know, is trial and er- trying to find someone who respects you and and you know and yeah. I, I think the casual sex thing or just free love or whatever, as they said in the 60s, it has a lot to do with your own moral compass and the moral compass that people push upon you as well. Sure. You know, but I think I think there's a lot of empowerment that can come along with that as a female when oh. you can be that just I agree you know, it doesn't really matter to me if you're here tomorrow or not you know kind of thing you yeah. know like because that and that's something I've always been a little like is it envious of because I'm just like I I've always you know I'm like please be here tomorrow you know kind of <laughs> thing you know like I don't like I don't like that you know but it's it's um you know I mean that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I'm happily married and I'm not out there anymore because geez I don't I just don't have it in me to to go through all the drama anymore but um but maybe Man, but yeah, I mean, it is, it, it's, it's rough out. It can be rough out there, you know, uh, whether well, you're doing that or not. That's why I was really appreciative in 98 when Second City came out on HBO. That was a really good show, uh, at least the first few seasons. It, it became, it blew up into more than, you know, what it started out as. But in the beginning, it was a writer talking about 
uh, issues like having sex like a man, she called it Absolutely. in that one episode. Yeah. Like she, yeah. some guy ate her out and she's like, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. And well, I think it, Amy Schumer did that. that. Amy Schumer did that in Trainwreck too, which was Oh funny. yeah, well, that movie was fun. Now here's what I'll say about Sex in the City, Mixie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched that show religiously. I did. I loved it. I it did too. Really I love it. Show. And I love the movies. I don't care what anyone. Does. I love the movies. Yeah. Everything was great. Um, especially the first one. That was really good. Um, but I, I do wonder, um, why there was no color amongst yeah, women what about like there was no latin american representation no nope. asians no blacks nothing you know nope. and uh, i don't even know if any well there was jewish sarah jessica because, parker is uh, jewish. yeah well so. she's yeah i know sarah jessica parker is jewish but i don't know if she was playing up that as her role she in wasn't show. no nobody but i know Charlotte no, is the Charlotte Italian. Did. Yeah, yeah Char- but she did because she converted for her husband. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So, so there was that element in there, which was good. But I was just like, you know, why, why is They use that- Samantha as the free love platform. Samantha was always my favorite. I mean, I love- She was the free love platform, yes. She had the lesbian relationship, the younger relationship, the, you know, multiple partners, multiple toys, multiple this. She dated a- she, Black she guys, She black dated girl. a black guy. Well, so did Charlotte, not Charlotte, so did- um, Miranda, she dated um, Blair Underwood. Blair oh, Underwood, oh. yeah, she had a thing with him, which was I was so I was like, ah, oh, man, to be on that set. Oh my God, Blair <laughs> so fucking hot. Yeah, he he really he really is like still to this day. <laughs> Even in that episode of SVU where he burns Michael Michelle alive, I still didn't care. Yeah, he was still hot, which is yeah. just sad. But but, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but like that was my only beef with Sex in the City. I was just like, you know, I know there that they were what they were doing with the show. A lot of women empowerment, definitely. Um, you know, having but they could have um, appealed to color more color. Yeah, definitely I'm having sure. that female sexual out there, you know, was great, and just the storylines were great, and the information was great, and it did appeal to all women. But they didn't have all women represented. Yeah, well, it was written by Greg Barrett, who is a white man you know I mean, well you know what though i'm not you know what uh, uh, kelsey Grammer is a white guy and i mean i don't particularly think he's a nice white guy but he certainly writes a lot of shows for black for blacks and oh yeah, color, yeah you know and i feel like he doesn't forget about that and that's something i really appreciate about him same with uh, my dad i mean know. my dad you know he's attracted to black and spanish women which is why i'm half spanish she's never uh-huh. really been attracted to white girls so mm-hmm. you know i grew up with that too like you now everybody's beautiful yeah and i just i guess i just wanted i would have appreciated to see because i like i said the story did appeal to like a lot of the things that she was talking about i can totally you know we all could totally resonate with just at least one of their stories if mm-hmm. not all of their stories but it just wasn't representative of people that look it's- like us like brown people people, black people, uh, Asian people. There was no other That's representation. True. And that can be, because culturally speaking, that would have been nice to see too. Yeah. And I, I haven't really seen a show that, I mean, there are tons of things now, you know, even on HBO, there's a uh, insecure. Oh, I love that show too. Oh my, oh my God. gosh. I yeah. freaking love it. I freaking love it. And you know, and I even love the fact that they had one of the main characters get with a guy who was Asian, uh, American. I thought that was really cool, but mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, it's definitely a, a highly, 
um, charged, uh, you know, show of, of people of color, you know, uh, you know, yeah. being represented. Well, we needed you know? something well-written like that because when all, like, uh, say, like, Jump the Broom came out, I was so ecstatic to see that movie, but it wasn't written very, it was like movies like that, that, that are the sex in the city of color movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jump the Broom was pretty lame. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I definitely... Um, or The Best Man, is that the other Best movie? Man was good, but again, I like I, and I guess I'm just, I'm not trying to necessarily be as polarizing either because I don't no, want to I don't think so. like, you know, like, because Best Man was predominantly black. Right, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm just saying, I'm like a hodgepodge of colors. What I'm looking for, I want a kaleidoscope. I want a hodgepodge too. I, I want a kaleidoscope of colors anymore. Yes, you know. Oh my god, I like, want to see my Latin people with my black people, with my Asian people, right? with my lesbian, you know, transgender, yeah. you know, Indian. bisexual Indians. You know, mm. I want all that representation. That's what I want. Yeah, <laughs> for fuck's sake, Greg Barrett, we're in New York. How can you just focus on white people? And that's what I was thinking. I was like, New York is like a hodgepodge of people. Like, where are all the representations of, you know, all Dude, the I don't know, because I, I grew up in Long Island next to Queens, and there was more black people in my pinky than on that show. You know? <laughs> or Filipino people, or Spanish people. There was exactly. Every color and every... Exactly. Uh, and I just think, like, certain cultural things that and themes that they... That they could explore and you know how people it's just it's not there and you have to and mm -hmm. like I, I feel like I have to find a show that's like set in India to watch a show <laughs> about people from there and I shouldn't have to do that you know and no. it's like you know or I'm, I'm watching crazy rich Asians to see about Asian people I want to see a show with people yeah, that look like yeah. lots of people because I have lots of different people in my circle of friends who do not look like me and some who look like me and I, I, I just I want to see everything and I think that's what I feel like is missing because I feel like once we have a show that's represented that says that's good and it has a lot of good information that a lot of people can resonate with it either has too much of one color or one representation and then all of a yeah. sudden they come out with the counter and it's just all another representation and I'm just like but that's yeah. not helpful either you know, uh -huh. like I remember <laughs> when Blackish was spinning off Mixish, and I was like, "Oh, good, finally a mixed race. Like maybe there'll be tons of races." And now it's just black and white. Well, they have fresh off the boat, and then they have different things like that. And I'm just like, yeah. and I'm glad to see those things. Try, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I guess course. it just has to start. You know, it has to start somewhere. But I'm just like, let's start intermingling these things and start talking about all these different stories because there's so many wonderful stories. And put darker people on. I'm so sick of people yeah. being afraid yeah. of super dark. Like super dark is awesome. Like there's a model called the Queen of the Night or the Night. I know. I've seen her. She's oh, beautiful. Give her. She's a absolutely show. breathtaking. Give I her. Know. Right. <laughs> yes, give her, her a show there. where she's married to some like you know an Indian guy, and they have they adopted white babies. I don't know. You know, I actually my my husband just watched Queen and Slim last night, and I was looking. I didn't watch it, but I was looking at the two main characters, and mm -hmm. uh, I think one of them is, uh, I think her name is Jody Turner smith i think okay. and then it's uh my boy daniel kalua and they're both very dark-skinned african-american folk or sorry daniel kalua is actually british and jo okay. jody or josie or i think it's jody is uh african-american and they but they're they're so they're very dark-skinned and i mean just beautiful oh my gosh 
and and uh, I mean, she is absolutely breathtaking, and um, you know, he 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 is an attractive man. But it was just, it was so nice. I'd never seen two characters. You know, they were playing lovers, and they were both the same color. Most of the time, you see a dark guy, you have to have a, a light skin counterpart or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I was just like, look at this. You know, I mean, I thought that was very very interesting uh, and very cool that they that that was there i mean i you know That's i was a really just a good point because it's just it's just something you don't see all the time you know mm-hmm. if you have one person who's dark you have to have someone it seems like they want to counterbalance it with a lighter person whether that person be a lighter shade of, of black or, or just yeah. a different different race altogether you know i'm just like this is interesting to ha- see these these two individuals and i know that's not something they do very often um, no no you know really- and i was like Look at this. That's a great example to pick up. I was just thinking of uh, the movie Crazy Beautiful with uh, Kirsten Dunst, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that hot Spanish kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought for the 90s, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. it wasn't just like this was a good Spanish kid. Like he had good grades. He was going to college to be a pilot, you know? And yeah. they dipped into his world, and it wasn't all, like, police or violence or something. Or immigration know? issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like when they can explore interracial relationships and, you know, nobody is on the other side of the tracks or whatever. Yeah, that's true, too, where it's I not like, oh, too. you're from the bad side and you've just made good. Yeah. Or know, the pro- poor girl, like Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Poor Uh Yeah, she was, yeah. But that was kind of newer-ish in that particular time. But to continue doing that would be annoying, too. Yeah, like the the 80s, we were all, they called it the me generation. Everyone was all about cocaine and money. I mean, I guess like they are today, so. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of just, I think it's just a matter of, of people getting to be comfortable seeing different races all together and and not feeling like we have to still be segregated it feels like we're still dealing with segregation in hollywood and i don't know yeah that's about you know i mean because people want to be segregated it's weird yeah why can't you just fucking (laughs) i'm so mad now just yeah it's like why can't we all just be together yeah why can't you just appreciate people for what they are regardless of differences i think so i think i'll sum it up in one word and that's judgment yeah there's just a lot of that there's a lot of people with opinions about what people should and shouldn't be doing yeah when it's none of their fucking business especially about sex what i do is none of your fucking business exactly as long as it's consenting and legal (laughs) and legal exactly as long as their persons are of age and there's consent and we're all in the same you know we're all in the same space and we're all good it's all good yeah but there's a lot of conversations about oh what's right and what's wrong and what's healthy and what's unhealthy and all of that but you know it's funny people are so willing to talk up against sex yet they're like the biggest like sex people you know yeah that's true that's very true it's a weird dynamic it's a weird 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 dynamic which is kind of funny as we as kind of going back to birdcage like how gene hackman was like so into this whole like conservative thing but yet he was basically pawing and falling all over himself you know for, <laughs> for, for my man oh god what's his name i love him um the guy who played the, the oh boy. nathan lane nathan lane yes he oh was the one god. he was like 
falling all over himself for Nathan Lane and just was like, oh, she's so amazing. And she's just so delicate, you know? I was just thinking <laughs> to myself, you know, this is so great because he has no idea, you know? And, and you yeah. know, but it was, it was, that movie was so great and, and kind of putting such a very comedic spin on that issue of conservatism and, you know, you are so you know, homosexuality and just like, being who you are and it being okay, you know, because at the end of the day, they got them out of there wearing drag, you know? Yeah. And Gene Hackman, and the conservative Hackman went and dragged. And drag. Yeah. And it was just like, who would have thunk it, you know, but it, I, it, I thought that was such a really great way to look at that. And I, and I also thought it was really cool that Nathan Lane's character was so good that I found myself the whole time in the movie referring to him as her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, You know, mother Coleman. Yeah. I mean, mother. Yes. You know, and even at the end when he said, this is my mother right here, Uh, it's such a beautiful, uh, you know, part. And I thought that was so sweet because in, in, in actuality, as I'm watching the movie, that's who I saw as his mom is this, this, yeah, is, yeah. you know, is Nathan Lane. I was like, that is his mom right there. You know? Well, and- Ro- I mean, Robin said it. He's like, and Albert's practically abreast. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so true. It was so true. And I just thought that was really, really awesome how they were able to show that, you know, and I, I see that. Yeah. And I think that's, cause I think that it, comes down to just being seen for who you are and being you know being loved and being yeah exactly that, because you know. during the the preamble to all the michigas in the movie was dan futterman trying to hide his gay parents right and that was kind of fucked up like absolutely and Kalisa flockhart you know at the end she's like you know i really would have liked you to be my family she didn't give a fuck from the beginning you know, she didn't care because she are, and she knew from the beginning what the situation was, but you know, she, she also knew in her, in her tribe that wasn't okay, you know, and that that was going to be yeah. a whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's really nice when you see conservative offspring break away from their conservative upbringing, like a certain Conway daughter who is my new hero but we don't have to talk about that yeah yeah well she certainly did uh definitely change the game uh for her parents uh right now and i think um i think that's gonna make some sunday dinners a lot more pleasant (laughs) (laughs) oh god if you can hear me claudia i hope you get that emancipation sooner rather than later It's going to be interesting. again, people were shaming her. How can you disrespect your parents like that? Well, our parents are pieces of shit. And they say hateful shit. And they're racist. And they're segregationists. Why wouldn't I? You know? Well, her dad, her dad is all, is doing the Lincoln Project. Yeah, um, but at the end of the day, they're still Republicans who aren't going to be on our side at the next election. Yeah, I mean, I well, I don't not know. Not to be like that. I, I think the dad might totally be voting for anybody who's not Trump. <laughs> he can't freaking stand him. Now, oh, Kelly, yeah. I mean, Kelly, she's probably still going to be a, a pretty diehard, but I thought it was really admirable that they both stepped away from their jobs because of what's going on, and I thought that was that was good i mean yeah, at least that that cool. you know i mean be able to obviously they got it through their fucking heads finally that my dot my kids don't like me and respect the work i do yeah 
<coughs> or how how destructive it was becoming in the home because like when I would realize who her husband was I was like oh my gosh this is going to be that's got to be really difficult to be home with them you know as they're talking about their daily lives and she's like in the White House and he's doing everything he can to try to get him out of the White House I'm just like this has got to be really tough you know for that's people. an interesting dynamic you know yeah, uh, political you know? party relationships like, exactly like John Oliver's wife is a Republican James Carville's wife is a Republican and they're both Democrats like sometimes well, and, people- and, and Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> were, were on opposite sides you know oh, were they you know yeah because she's a Democrat and he's a Republican now I think Arnold is a uh, um, kind of a liberal Republican in a way. I don't Definitely. think he's like a staunch Republican, but um, you know, like John Kasich is a Republican, but I respect the hell out of him. I think he's a decent dude. Yeah, I don't hold yeah. political party against anyone, but it, it is interesting, like you know, when people wonder how is a Republican be with a Democrat? I'm like easily, you know. <laughs> it's called oh yeah civil conversation you can it can totally happen it's you know it, it might be a little bit um again it makes for interesting sunday dinners <laughs> <laughs> totally um and i i know we tangented off there on politics i'm not trying to constantly talk about politics and 20 years ago you know if me now me then looked at me now they'd be like why are you talking about that uh, so, yeah so right. let's just end it with a story I have. Uh, I knew a girl once who was Native American and black and white all together. And she was a nurse I worked with. And um, I guess we were having a conversation about interracial dating. She's like, I've dated members of the KKK. I'm like, what? This probably wouldn't happen now, but this was early, like 2001, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you date a member of the KKK and you're black? and Native American, she's like, oh, they're all talk. So it makes me think, you know, and then, you know, if you know Ice-T's body count song, KKK Bitch, which, sorry, it's one of my favorite songs, but it talks about Ice-T. Um, he's a very light-skinned black man. I, th- I think he's Tonga. I'm not sure. I dated a, a man who has Tongan ancestry, and he looks a lot like Ice-T. I'm not trying to generalize there but i think it's they just look alike this guy i dated and um mm-hmm. uh kkk bitch is about ice tea having sex with the grand wizard of the kkk's daughter a lot and you know it's his that song from the early 90s about being like you know modern like we don't care what color your skin is we'll fuck you you know mm-hmm. granted it's raunchy and and <laughs> Not, you know, your preferred dinner music or anything. But, like, that makes me wonder, like, how many white supremacists, quote-unquote, date women of color on the sly? And then, I mean, does it, is it like a deep-seated go-back-to-slavery kind of days, too? And that that I'd like to, I mean, wouldn't that be something to explore? Like, what is that? You mean, like, white supremacists dating black girls thing? Yeah, yeah. Is that like a control um, thing? Is that an ego thing? You know, what is that? Is that a like thing? I mean, it. it there has to be a I mean, lot could of be, shit to unpack in those heads, you know? It could be anything from, I mean, you know, some people might argue it could be the same reason why some black men will go after white women, you know, because they want that. Oh, and that's what happened against in this, the, 
yeah, the trophy kind of thing, you know, but I think with uh, the other way around, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I can't speak for a KKK person, but I can say, I mean, it sounds to me like, it sounds <laughs> oh, to me sorry. like though, if, if they're, if they're doing that, saying that, but yet they're, they're interested in, in having a relationship or sexual relations with a black woman, then it sounds like that again, goes back to that internal conflict. I was saying like, yeah. you know, perhaps they think they're supposed to be doing this because it's generational daddy said or i'm supposed to be this way or i'm supposed to be in this group of people but truth be told you know i really don't give a shit about any of this and you know i have a thing for what i have a thing for you know and it could be that but because again it's like being closeted but not wanting to come out because you don't want to yeah. be you don't want your tribe to shun you or to kick you out yeah so of course you do like, everything on the down low yeah i was gonna say the down low is a big thing i mean there i mean it was uh, the, the down low on the opposite way as uh, gay black men, right? That right. was a big Absolutely. down low thing for a while, too. And then in that Sex in the City episode with Samantha dates a black guy, his sister drives her away because she ain't black. Right, 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 right. Uh-huh. And, there, and there's plenty of that. There's plenty of, you know, black men yeah. who may like white, a white woman or fall in love with someone of a different race, but because of family or because of feeling like... Yeah, yeah, I just can't. I just can't see like, myself, all the you know, having this idea of like my 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 life and my family has to be all one one color, you know. Now, me personally, you know, like I think that it's kind of silly to limit yourself that way because yeah. there's so many wonderful people in on the in the world that there's no point in doing that, in my opinion. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Like I've dated different races. I've dated, you know, different, you know, I have no problem with dating people of different races. It's not an issue for yeah, me at no. all. Um, it, it's, you know, I don't, I don't really even too much. I don't really care even about gender, really. <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah, not really, I, I mean, to me, it's like, I can fall in love with a soul, not a gender. I can fall in love I, with a, you know, I don't fall in love with a color. I fall in love with a person. So to me, it's exactly. not really that big of a deal, but it's just um, in my personal life, you know, I, I, I ended up with a man who is West African. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have and, to defend that. You and you know, your husband are awesome. Oh no, but Horrible. as a as a as a member of a of the uh, outcast group as we are, oh. <laughs> I um I did I have a lot of times had people basically black, especially black people, like come up to me and they're like, oh, so I'll be talking, and then they'll be like, well, your husband's white, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what? uh, no, <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, oh, oh, really? Oh, he's black, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know he's why would he's, anyone assume because anything? of the because of the way i speak they think oh you have to be married to a white guy which That's is just another up. which is but it goes back to that kind of thing you know like you know a white guy would be interested in me because of the way i talk and blah 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 you know um but a black man may not be kind of a thing you know really mm-hmm. shit I don't care what color dude I was. I'd be in love with you if I was a dude. <laughs> You're adorable. You have a great, warm smile. Oh, You're so articulate. And yeah. Like, I love women. I mean, I, I dated one once when I was 17, and then I tried to go home with one once in my 20s, and I'm just not attracted to them romantically. And I've tried because I wanted to explore every option I could possibly have until I realized my type is nerds. Just give me nerds. <laughs> what color they are if they're nerdy give me if they have glasses even better (laughs) yeah 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 and I I think I just like I what I fell in love with my husband because he lets me be me 
I felt yeah. like when I was dating different people, I always felt like I had to dim my light for them. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't, I don't want, I, I, I realized with my, with my husband very quickly that I didn't have to do that. I could just be all the facets of, of Raven that I am. And I was able to do that and it was wonderful exactly. and it's been wonderful, you know, and Good I could, I could probably do that with a woman. I don't know. I've never been in a relationship with a woman. I'm, I'm not against it. I just, it's never happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've I'm had, I've had really close friends, uh, that are females and I love them and adore them and things, but it's never been that never happened that way. You know, I, uh, yeah, I, it's really nice to have female friends with big boobs because when you're sad, you can put your head in their boobs. <laughs> That's what I use stuff for my best friend. That's not, I don't use her just for that. That's so but, funny. Yeah. That's like I am so comfortable funny. in my sexuality where I'm like, I'm going to love on all my friends. I'm all about platonic love mostly. Oh, sure. Of course. I definitely, I would definitely say though, that I, I definitely love boobs. You're you're right on to that. The bigger, the big, well, I don't need them to be like humongous, but I really like boobs. Yeah. Well, you have a great, uh, if I may say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. They're like the only thing about my body that I actually like. (laughs) A beautiful smile or your sparkly eyes. I mean, granted your boobs are fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. in a t-shirt. Yeah. I know. Every time I see you in a V-neck, I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a great way to sum everything that we've been discussing up. Fucking be with someone who lets who you can be yourself with. Not don't hide in any kind of relationship. What's the point of that? Absolutely. Be who you are. Exactly. And love who you are. Exactly. Is there anything else you wanna? I just think that when you love who you are, you people will love you that way too. You know? Yeah. And you won't have to hide. That's one of the things we, I bet we both learn from being outsiders or freaks, as I, I like to say. I call myself a freak. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a, and you say outsider. I I'm say a outsider. proud freak. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it's the same thing. But, um, you know, I never thought that people would like me for me. And then I stopped caring about that. And uh, suddenly uh, people like me for me. I'm like, yeah, oh. that's exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Once you stop giving a shit about that, it becomes so much more clear who really cares about you for you. Oh my God, totally. And it's the best. And people surround yourself with people who love you and you love back. And thank you for roaring more with Mixie and calling more with Raven. Caw, caw, caw. Caw, caw. caw. Oh, Oh, that was good. All right, I'll do a better call. Ah! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. That's Not Canon is a community committed to giving new podcasters a platform to share their voices and have some fun. If you would like to get started podcasting or simply enjoyed this podcast and would like to find out more, you can head over to our website at that'snotcanon.com. If you simply want to support us and what we do, we would very much welcome your patronage at patreon.com forward slash that's not canon. Absolutely. I love when we do this. Let's never stop. I know. It's wonderful, right? Right. Such a great way to just blah. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.